Hello, I'm Hunter Davis, and welcome to True to the Bible podcast, where we teach truths from the Word of God. Today's podcast is the start of our series on the book of Deuteronomy. And today we're going to see Moses encouraging the people of Israel as they're about to head into the promised land. He does this by reminding them that they need to look to the past so they can live correctly in the now or in the future. Again, thanks for joining us, and I hope you enjoy this lesson. Deuteronomy, okay? We're starting a new series, okay, on Deuteronomy. We're going to be going through the entire book of Deuteronomy, um, which will take us a long time, but we're not going through, like, verse by verse. We're going to go through section by section. So today we're going to be talking about the first three chapters of Deuteronomy, going through it as a whole, looking at it. Um, I love Deuteronomy. I think it's a cool book. Um, actually, I think I asked Gatlin what book we should do, and he said Deuteronomy, so we're doing Deuteronomy. Um, but I really, really like this book. It's, it's a great book. Uh, we'll talk about it in just a minute, uh, but it's, you know, it's Moses' discourse. It's Moses talking to the people right before they go into the land of Canaan to capture it, so we're going to talk about that. Um, so Deuteronomy, let's just read chapter 1, verse 1, just to kind of get the context, and we'll pray, and then we'll go through, and we're going to be all throughout chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3, so be ready to uh, move in your Bible just a little bit as we go through it. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 1, it says, These are the words which Moses spoke to all Israel across the Jordan in the wilderness, in uh, Arabia opposite of Suf, between Paran and Tophel and, and uh, Laban and Hazaroth. And Debaz, or Disbaz, or however you say that, okay? So I know that's a bunch of, uh, like, spots, but we're going to look on it on the map in a second where he's at and what he's doing. Uh, but before we do that, let's pray. Dear God, we just come before you and we thank you for this day that you've given to us. I just pray that as we look today at um, this passage of Scripture, or these several passages of Scripture, that you would um, encourage or convict us as need us. Help us to remember uh, that we need to remember. Help us to understand and recognize that we need to remember our past. And use our experiences and the experiences of others um, to gauge what we should do and know who you are and who we are in the future, God. We love you. We pray all this through Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so like I said, this is Moses talking, okay? And he's talking to the people right before they go in and conquer the land. Okay, it's a, that's why it's such a good book. I think he's kind of pouring out his heart a little bit. Uh, but as he's doing it, um, I wanted to remind you guys a little bit of the history. Okay, so can everybody kind of see this map? All right, so we're gonna we're gonna look at this map for just a second. Okay, so this is where they came out of Egypt, right here, right? Okay, this is like where they crossed the Red Sea-ish, right? And then they came down here, Mount Sinai. They came up here. Uh, this is where they sit, which we'll talk about in a second. This is where they sent the spies up here into the land. For forty days, they came back, gave ten of them gave a negative report. Then they wandered for forty years. They came up through this way. They actually defeated a couple enemies right here, and then Mount Nebo, kind of this area right here. This is where Moses is. Um, and the people of Israel are when he's talking to them right now. Okay, this is where he is. So basically what's happening in the history, right, is they, they've gone through, they've parted the Red Sea, God parted the Red Sea, he led them by a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire, he fed them quail, okay, actually a couple different times, he gave them manna, um, he gave them the Ten Commandments, if you remember that right, he, he uh, gave them water out of the rock uh, several times. A lot of really, really cool things have happened uh, to Israel to show them who God is, okay? Uh, especially by the time they get to this point, which uh, Moses focuses on this point right here actually quite a bit when he's talking. Now he's talking to a generation, a younger generation, okay, than the people that left and went through the Red Sea. 
right? and we'll talk about that in a second, but he's talking to the kids of the people that went through the Red Sea. Does that make sense? And he's telling them, you guys need to remember what God did for your parents so you guys do what's right. Does that make sense? Okay, and he tells them several different things. And when he's telling them all these things, we see several things about God and several things about man. And they're important because we need to remember these things about God and man as well in our own lives so we can do what's right. And he starts this whole book off by remembering. Hey, remember, remember, remember. And when I think about remembering, okay, there's... So, you know my son, Pike, right? He's like two years old. So he likes to play wrestle. So just like, you know, get on the ground and wrestle or whatever. And so sometimes what he'll like to do is he'll like to wrestle and then he'll like climb up on his bed and then he'll try and jump off onto me and like, he's like trying to body slam me, right? And so he'll do that, but he always wants me to go to sleep before, like pretend to go to sleep before he actually jumps on me. So he has a better chance in his mind, I guess, I don't know. But the other day I was wrestling with him and I was like, hey, if you want me to go to sleep, just touch my ear. And then I'll, I'll, go, I'll go to sleep. So I was like giving him kind of something to try and remember, to try and like stimulate his mind a little bit. And so he like touched my ear and then he got up on the bed and jumped on me. And then I kept wrestling. He was like, Daddy, let me on the bed. Let me on the bed. And I was like, you got to touch my ear to make me go to sleep. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then he touched my ear. And, and he probably did that like seven or eight times before he actually remembered that he needed to touch my ear. Right? And the reason I share that story is because a lot of times we forget stuff that if we would have remembered it, or if we would have remembered what happened, or what God did, or what we did, or what somebody else did, if we would have remembered that, it would have helped us in the situation we're currently in. Does that make sense? And that's what this whole first three chapters of Deuteronomy is about. Here's a quote uh, by George Santana. It says, Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it, and it's true. If we don't remember the past, then we're just going to do what people in the past did. And there's even people in our country today that, are, that do this, Right? There's people that try and change the past so they can do the same thing that people did in the past that didn't work and say it's going to work, right? There's people that do that all the time, and there's times that we do that as well. We say, ah, yeah, but this time it'll be different. Yeah, but this time something else will change. You know, and I, and I get what we're saying with that, but at the same time, we need to remember the past to understand how we should act right now. Does that make sense to everybody? Okay. So, we're going to look at several different things. We're going to go quickly through it. The first thing we're going to look at that he calls them to remember is that God instructs. Okay, this is in verses 6 through 8 of chapter 1. So, look down in your Bibles, chapter 1, look at verse 6, okay? This is Moses saying that God said this to us, okay? So, the Lord said, or the Lord our God spoke to us at Horeb, saying, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Turn and set your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites and all their neighbors in the Arabia, in the hill country, and in the lowland, and in the Negev, and by the seacoast, and the land of the Canaanites, and Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. See, I have placed the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord God swore and gave your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to them and uh, to their descendants after them. Okay, so why does Moses... Go back and tell this younger generation, hey, God told your parents to go into the land. Why do you say this? He wanted them to remember that God instructs. Okay, God instructs, and he gives us instruction as well. But he wanted them to remember that God had a plan, and he instructed them in that plan. Okay, does that make sense? So what's happening is um, they were at, if we go back right here real quick. Okay, they were right here. Okay, they were like down here getting the Ten Commandments and all this, and God says, hey, Go into the land that I prepared for you. I'm going to give it to you. 
And he says, he tells them exactly what they're going to get. He says, hey, you're going to get all this over here. Basically, you know, this land right in here. And even some on this side, right? And he says, God says, hey, go into the land. You're right here. You've been here long enough. Go into the land. This is how you're going to do it. And he gives them very specific instructions um, uh, to Israel. Okay? And why is this important? Okay? He didn't give this instruction to you guys, right? Okay? He didn't say, you know, Millie, go into the land of Canaan and take out the Canaanites, right? He didn't say that. He said it to Israel. So why is this important for us? Well, the truth is that God had a plan for Israel, and he instructed them in that plan. God has a plan for us, and he instructs us in that plan. Okay, Ephesians 2.10 said that God's created good works that we might walk in them. And, we, and when he's talking about that, he's talking about the church. God actually has a plan for the church. He has good works that he has planned for the church. He wants us to walk in those things. Okay, and God gives us specific instructions. 2 Timothy 2, 3, or 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. You guys, probably a lot of you know this, right? It says, all scripture is God-breathed or inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, rebuke, correction, and training in righteousness so the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. What's that verse saying? It's saying God instructs us. He's given us literally his words so that we know what to do. Okay, and sometimes, okay, if you're like me, you don't know what to do. Okay, and you don't understand what to do. And the fact of the matter is, God gives us instructions on what to do. And his word can lead us. Okay, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It can lead us. Okay, even though, you know, I don't think there's a verse in the Bible that tells me whether or not I should eat the donut this morning. Okay, specifically... Honestly, if you go back to the Word of God and live your life by the Word of God, you'll know what you're supposed to do. Okay, And it's important to remember that God instructs us. He has a plan. Because if we don't remember that God has a plan for us and that He instructs us, then what are the people of Israel going to do when they get go into the land? If they don't think that God has a plan or has instructed them to go in, what are they going to do? They're not going to go in. Why would they go in? Right? Unless they're prideful in themselves and think they can do it. But as we'll see in a second, those people were pretty strong over there and they don't think that. Right, So Moses says to the younger generation, hey, remember, God has a plan. He's instructed you. Okay. Second thing that we realize is that man, okay, we are rebels. Okay. He, he reminds them of this. Um, he reminds them of their parents and what they did when God told them to go into the land. Look at verse, or chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. Chapter 1, verse 26 through 28, we see the rebellion of the people. Okay, 26 says, yet you are not willing to go. Okay, God had just told him to go. He said, but you were not willing to go. But rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And you grumbled in your tents and said, because the Lord has hated us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the land of the Amorites to destroy us. So what is he talking about right here? He's talking about the 12 spies. Okay, again, I'm not reading all this because we don't have time to read all this context. But basically what happens, um, if you go back and read chapter 1, and you go back and look in like... Um, the other books of the Old Testament, you see the spy story in like numbers and stuff. These guys go into land. Twelve spies are sent after God tells them to go in the land. And twelve of them go in the land, and they come back, and what do ten of them say? They say, bad. We can't do it. Why? Giants. Because of giants, yeah. Because these guys are way too strong. I mean, there's no way we can do it. I mean, there's good fruit, is what they say. There's good stuff in there. God said it was land flowing with milk and honey. That's true. These guys are too big. What did two people say? It's a good land. We can, do, we can do this. I said, yeah, it's a good land. They said we can do this. What they really said was, hey, God told us to go in. 
What are you worried about? Who are those two people? Anybody remember? Caleb and Joshua. Caleb and Joshua. Caleb and Joshua. Those two go in. So what Moses is reminding these people about is, hey, your parents said, no, I'm not going in because it's too hard, God. Why do you think he's reminding them of that? So they won't make the same mistake. Yeah, they're about to go into the land that their parents were supposed to go into. And he said, don't, don't do what your parents did and not trust God and rebel against him. Okay, our natural tendency is to go our own way, and that's what Israel did. Okay, they did this because they forgot. Think about this really quick, guys. The generation that sent the spies in, what did God do for them? What are some things? Just list off some things. What did they see God do? Freedom from Egypt. Freedom from Egypt. They saw ten plagues of Egypt that God performed. Miracles, ten miracles to get them out of land. What else? He literally parted the Red Sea for them to walk across on dry land. Okay, what else did they do? Did they, or did they see God do? Anybody? What? They got manna. They got literally manna fell out of the sky for them to eat. Is that fish? Manna? No, it's like a bread. It's like a sweet bread, as far as we know. What else? Quail rock. They got water out of a rock, and they got meat through quail, which would be pretty sweet if you're a hunter. You know, and uh, <laughs> you like hunting birds, quail, which I do. And one morning you wake up and there's just quail covering the ground. It's like, man, easy pickings, right? Okay. He also led them by fire and by smoke. And he, he does all this stuff to this generation. And then they get to the land and they say, we can't do it. Okay, we can't do it. Was Canaan more powerful than Egypt? Who was a world power at that time? I mean, Egypt. Egypt was a world power. Okay. And yet they said, we can't do it. We don't trust God. Why? Because they forgot the past. They forgot what God had done for them. And this happens to us as well. We tend to lean on our own understanding, like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge Him. He'll direct your path. These guys leaned on their own understanding. They went in. They saw big guys. They said, we can't do this. Whose understanding was that? Their own. It was their own. Okay. Rather than God's, which said, I can do this. I am God. Obviously, I can do this. And I've told you to do it. And that all happened because they forgot. And in our own life, that happens to us. Okay, We forget what God has done for us. We forget answered prayer. We forget things like that. And it causes us to not trust him for the next thing. Does that make sense? That happens to us all the time. This is our tendency is to rebel. Okay, The next thing we see about God, look at verse 34 through 37. We see that he disciplines. You can also, I also put he is just. Um, we're not really going to talk about the justice really that much, but he is just as well, and this kind of shows it a little bit. But he disciplines is really what I want to focus on. Look at verse 34 through 37. These people say, we're not going in. And what does God say? Then the Lord heard the sound of your words, and he was angry, and took an oath, saying, Not one of these men, this evil generation, shall see the good land which I swore to your fathers, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, which he talks about earlier and later on. Okay? He shall see it, and to him his, son, uh, his sons will give the land on which he has set foot because he has followed the Lord fully. Okay? So what happens here? God says, hey, you didn't trust me. There is discipline. Okay? There is discipline, and that is that you don't get to go into the land. This shows uh, God's justice, like I said earlier. Uh, it also shows God rewarding, okay? rewarding Caleb and, uh, and Joshua, which we'll see later on. But whenever I think about discipline, there's a lot of times I think, back on my past on discipline because I got disciplined as a kid um, a lot probably because I was a bad kid but I remember one time specifically so I was at home 
And I did something that my mom told me not to do. So I like disobeyed her if I remember right. She told me to do something, I didn't do it. And she sent me up to her room. She said, go to my room, right? Which is classic. So I go to her room and I'm waiting on her. And of course the waiting is like the worst part, right? And so I'm waiting for her and she comes up a little bit later and she says, your dad's gonna be home in like 30 minutes. You're just gonna have to wait for him, okay? And when she said that, of course my heart drops, right? Cause you know, dad's belt's a little bit stronger than mom's belt, right? And so, and you have to wait 30 minutes anticipating this the whole time. So of course, you know, my dad gets there, you know, and you know, I get punished and everything. But the reason I share that is because I don't like discipline, okay? And I don't know if you guys like discipline or not, but probably not, okay? But discipline is good for us, okay? And Hebrews actually says God disciplines the one he loves, okay? God disciplined Israel, okay, in this way, not letting them go in. And guess what that did? That provided motivation for the next generation, did it not? Okay, and it also, it also provides motivation for us. Okay, and he disciplines us because he loves us. He wants us to do what's right. Okay, and discipline is a part of that. Does that make sense to you guys? And it's important to remember the discipline of God for several reasons. Okay, we, don't, we shouldn't be like walking around scared that God's going to discipline us. Okay, he only disciplines us if we do stuff wrong. Sometimes he doesn't discipline us at all because he shows us mercy. But we need to remember this discipline, okay, because it should hopefully inspire us to do what's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm two years old and I'm getting into the cookie jar, and I know I'm going to get spanked if I get in the cookie jar, I don't get in the cookie jar, right? And so if we are going throughout life not focused on or thinking about or anything like that, okay, but if we recognize right from wrong by discipline, it's going to help us do what's right. Okay, so like, if I was never told, if I was just, maybe to say like I was told not to get in the cookie jar, but I never got disciplined for getting in the cookie jar. Would I think that getting in the cookie jar was wrong or right? Would I know? Yeah. Would I care? Maybe deep down I would know it was wrong, but I could pretty easily convince myself that it was okay and right, right? Because I never got disciplined for it. I never really understood that it was wrong because I never saw anything bad happen, right? And so that's what discipline does. It, it, it makes you know what is right and what is wrong. God disciplines us so we know what's right and we can move forward and do what's right. Can't forget his discipline. Uh, God is a God of discipline, okay, even though he's a God of love, too. Okay, number four, what, oh, that was just a sign of discipline. Okay, number four, man tries to fix it on his own. I don't know if you guys have read this story ever before, but it's, it's an interesting story, okay, or it's an interesting account. This is the end, okay, after the spies go in, they come back, okay, uh, after the spies go in, they come back, they reject God. God then says, I'm going to punish you, I'm going to discipline you for what you did. Now look at verse 42. This is what the people do. Okay? And the Lord said to me, Say to them, Do not go up and fight, for I am among, uh, for I am not among you. Otherwise you will be defeated before your enemies. So what is verse 42 saying? The people are like, Well, let's go up anyway. Let's go up anyway. We can do it. We can do it. I'm sorry, God. We didn't mean to do that. Okay? They, they didn't like the consequences is, what, is what's actually going on here. Okay? And then God says, No, don't go up. I'm not with you. Don't go up. I told you not to go. Verse 43. So I spoke to you, but you would not listen. Instead, you rebelled against the command of the Lord and acted presumptuously and went up into the hill country. And the Amorites who lived in the hill country came out against you and, you ch uh, and chased you as bees do. 
Okay, you ever think about like the old cartoons where bees are like chasing people and they have to like run and jump in the water and then they get like the bamboo and like breathe out of the water and then all the bees go down into the bamboo, right? Yeah. So as bees are chasing you, that's how the Amorites chase them. And they, yeah, and they go down, and they crush, uh, and they crush you. Okay, and then you return and wet before the Lord, but He didn't listen to your voice or give ear to you, uh, and you remain at Kadesh Barnea. Okay, so what's going on here? The people don't like the consequences. Have you ever heard they weren't actually sorry for what they did? They're just sorry for the consequences they received. Okay, this is what I think of when I think of that, because these people, God said, no, you can't go into the land, and the people are like, oh God, we want to go into the land. Let's go into land. We can fight. We'll fight. We're just kidding. We'll fight. We're not scared, God. We'll go. And God's like, no, don't go. I just told you. This is your punishment. You can't go now. And they're like, no, we're going to go. We're going to go. We can fix it. We can fix it. We can do this. And they go anyway. And what happens? They just make it worse. So in trying to fix, in their minds, trying to fix, which really they're just scared of the, the consequences, but in trying to fix the disobedience of God, what do they do? Make it worse. They disobey God. Trying to fix their disobedience, they disobey. And that's what we do too. We don't listen to God a lot of times. What we do, uh, or even our authorities in our own life, okay, we get, we do something wrong, we get disciplined, and we try and fix it by doing something else wrong. Okay, and we do that. I do that, I know. And we do something stupid to try and fix something stupid that we've already done. Okay, and that's not how we should respond. What we should respond in is humility and accept the consequence. Okay, what those people should have said is, God, you're right. I'm sorry for what I did. I'm not sorry for the consequences. Okay? Because that's really what, what's going on here. Okay? I'm sorry for what I did. I was wrong. I'm going to listen to you. Okay? That's what discipline is supposed to bring. But instead, they say, no, I don't want the consequences. So I'm going to try and do something else to get out of the consequences. Okay? And have we ever been there where we're, we're really not sorry for what we've done, but we're sorry we got caught? I mean, I have been. Right? We're not sorry for what we did. We're just sorry that we got caught. And that's what these Israelites were doing. You know, they weren't, they weren't sorry about what they did because they just did it again. Okay? They were sorry that they got caught. And we shouldn't be like that. We should remember this and experiences in our own life when this has happened to not do this in the future and be humble and accept uh, discipline when we, when we receive it. Okay? Then we see something really cool about God. Okay? All of chapter 2. Okay? I'm not going to read it, obviously. But all of chapter 2 is talking about the wandering in the wilderness. Okay, the wandering in the wilderness where the people of Israel have to wander for 40 years because of what they did. Okay, look at verse 7. Okay, because verse 7 sums up basically their wandering. It says, For the Lord your God has blessed you in all that you have done and has known your wanderings though this great, uh, through this great wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord God has been with you and you have not lacked a thing. God blessed them and provided for them. Their clothes didn't wear out. All this time they were wandering. Even though they were being disciplined by God, God didn't forget them. Did he? He loved them. He provided for them. He was gracious to them. Okay, just because he was disciplining them doesn't mean he, he didn't love them. He loved them. And he's providing for them. And he's gracious to them. Did they deserve to get, you know, to be provided for? No, they didn't. They deserved to die, really. Okay, did they deserve to be blessed? Because that's what it says right at the start of verse 7. Lord God has blessed you and all that you've done. No, they didn't. They didn't deserve all this stuff that God was. And we've got to remember this for our own sake, uh, that God is a God of grace, and he acts in grace, and he's a, he's a provider. Okay, He doesn't just act in grace and eternal life. If we put our faith in Jesus Christ, he gives us eternal life, right? Okay, That's grace, because we don't deserve it. It's a gift. 
But there's a lot of other things we don't deserve that he gives us as well. Right? There's a lot of things that we don't deserve that he gives us. And so we've got to remember that God is a God of grace. God is a God of grace. Ultimately, he's a provider. He's a pr- protector for us. Okay? We've got to thank God for this and remember it. Okay? How often do we thank God the, for his grace and for his protection and for his provision? You know, we need to make sure we remember uh, that about God. we got one more thing. Okay? I, know it's, uh, I know it's been a little while, okay? but we got one more thing we're talking about. Okay? And this is another thing about God. Okay, God is powerful. He rewards us. You could say He wins. You could say it however you want. But in the end, okay, God is powerful enough to complete the plan. Okay, we see that, and also we see, as kind of a side note, He rewards those who do what's right. Okay, reward. Okay, which is different than a gift. It's a reward. Okay, look at chapter three, because chapter three talks about. Um, okay, chapter three is talking about from here. To here, this green line. This is what chapter 3 is. Okay, chapter 2 is all this purple. Chapter 3 talks about this right here. So some of the fathers that came out of here were probably still alive, kind of right in this area. And then by the time they get here, they're all dead. Okay, and it's a completely new generation. So he's talking about this right here. He's saying, don't forget this part. Okay, look at 3, uh, verse 1. It says, Then we turned up the road to Bashan, and all king of Bashan, with all his people, came out to meet us in battle. At Indri. So, first off, they're, they're like right in here, and they say, hey, we want to go through your land. We'll go through peaceful. We'll buy our food. We won't touch anything. That's what they said. Okay, but this guy, you know, all, he's like, no way. I'm going to fight you. You can't come through my land. But the Lord said to me, do not fear him, for I have delivered him and all of his people in your land and his land into your hands, and you shall go just as you did to Shion, king of the Amorites who lived at Heshban. So the Lord God delivered all king of Bashan and all his people in our hand and smote them until there's no survivor left. We captured all the cities. Um, at that time, there's no city that he did not take. Sixty cities in the region of Argob, kingdom of Og, of Bashan, and all these were cities fortified with high walls and gates and bars, meaning that it was really hard to get in. Okay, they all had high walls, gates, and bars uh, that they destroyed. And even the ones they didn't, they destroyed okay, from this guy Og. Okay, we utterly destroyed them as we did the king of Shalom Heshben. Utterly destroying the men, the women, the children, every city. Say so they got everything, they destroyed everything just as God had said. Okay? So they come here, they say, hey, we want to pass through. Says no. And God said, don't worry, I'll deliver them. And they get, and they and he does. Okay? They get over here, they say, God says, I'll deliver you. They say, no, we're too scared. Over here they said, we're not too scared, we're going to do what God said. That makes sense? So Moses reminds them, hey, when you didn't do what, ha- what God said, you got discipline. When you did do what God said, he gave you victory. Okay, he gave you victory. God is powerful, and he wins. And this is important in our life because he can give us victory too. Okay, God calls you guys, and he calls me to do things. Okay, where do we find those things? The Word, right? We find them in the Bible. He calls us to do things, and sometimes those things are hard. Right? Okay, sometimes you don't like doing those things. Sometimes I don't like doing those things. Sometimes other people might make fun of us for doing those things. Sometimes other people may hate us for doing those things, but he calls us to do those things. Guess what? He gives you strength to do it. Okay, if he instructs you to do something, which was the very first point that he instructed Israel to do, he'll give you the strength to do it. No doubt, no question asked. Okay, if he tells you to do something, he will give you the strength to do it. Okay, because he's the most powerful being in the universe. So we do not need to be afraid. We need to remember, okay, this, 
Okay? Paul says these things are written so we can look back on them and be like, this is who God is. He's going to do that for me too, right? That's what, that's what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians. And then, so we need to look back on that. We need to look back on our own life too. Hey, remember that time when God provided for me or did something for me or answered this prayer? Okay, if God calls you to do something, if God calls you to be nice to somebody at school who everybody else hates, he's going to give you the strength to do that, right? It might not be easy or fun, but he's going to give you the strength to do it. And really, he rewards you for it too, okay, which is the other part of this is God is a rewarder. If you look at Joshua and Caleb, we don't have time to go back and read it, but go back and read Joshua and Caleb and their accounts and what they did. They were rewarded for it. Okay, and then the, the generation, I call it Joshua's generation. Okay, if you go read the book of Joshua, one of the greatest generations in the history of the Jewish, in Jewish history. Okay, God rewarded them all the way through with victories, with land, with all this stuff. Why? Because they did what he asked them to do. He instructed them, and then he was powerful enough to bring, to give them strength to do it. Okay, and he can do that in our life too. Okay, he can do that in our life too. So what's the impact? Okay, the impact. Remember. Okay, remember others, like I said. And look, let's look at that, the old, the old Testament, the New Testament, and be like, hey, look, this is who God is. This is who man is. We can remember these things, okay, so that we do what's right. We look back on our own past experiences, okay? We remember what God's done in our life. And then by remembering that, we can say, okay, now I know what to do now, right? Okay? So ultimately, trust God. He knows what's best. Obey Him right away. Okay, when we obey God, we get rewarded for it. Okay, we, okay, when we obey God, we get rewarded for it. Okay, Caleb and Joshua did, and the younger generation did, which we'll, we're going to go in here and we're going to see some more about them. Um, but they all obeyed, and they got rewarded for it, and they didn't have to do it on their own. That's the cool thing. It's not like God says, hey, Sky, you know, go street witnessing, go, go be a missionary, go whatever. He doesn't say, Sky, go do this hard thing by yourself. That's not what he says. Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20, at the very end of 20, says, And lo, I am what? With you. With you always, even to the end of the age. For he has said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Okay, you know, you guys know that song, uh, Another in the Fire? That's what that's all about. Okay, he was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. He was with the people of Egypt when he split the waters open. And he's with you guys. Okay, he's powerful enough, he's strong enough to get you through whatever he calls you to do. Okay, and he does call you to do stuff. He does call you to do stuff. Don't think, don't sit here and be like, God doesn't call me to do anything. Okay, if you're saying that, then you're not reading this. Okay, you need to be reading this. Because when you start reading this, you see what God's calling you to do. And when you see that, you realize it's hard. You can also realize that God's going to get you through. He's going to give you the strength to do it. Okay, everybody understand? Well, that's all for True to the Bible podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed this lesson. And we hope that you join us again for our next podcast. Thanks.